Sons Unleashed. As ADF members and veterans, we see the world differently. In a world that tolerates and accepts subpar performance, understandably, we demand more. With over 100 years of military service across all three services inside the wire at Axon, this podcast will give you access to Australia's most successful veterans and thought leaders in the elite performance and property space. Join myself, Tamara, Dan and Dane, as we uncover the untold truths of what it really takes to successfully transition from the ADF how to build a multi-million dollar property portfolio, how to start a business as a veteran entrepreneur, and how to communicate more effectively with your partner, whilst optimizing the personal performance of every aspect of your life. As a veteran that served personally over 24 years in the military, I'm Robbie Turner, I'm the CEO and founder of Axon Property Group. Welcome to Axon's Unleashed. Hey, welcome everyone. My name's Robbie and I'm joined here with Dan and Tamara. Welcome to episode five of Axon Unleashed, your Woo! podcast coming your way. How are you, mate? Yeah, going and going absolutely great. I mean, uh, we've, so, we've so far been following on like a bit of a chronological order from like the very, very beginning of Axon as it is. And now I'm really excited about the next episodes because it's like kind of where most people have become where they know and love Axon from where we are now. So yeah, the Axon, the new Axon, well, the the grown up Axon, I yeah. guess. It's a good. That's actually going to be the the topic of today is that when that fi- when the training wheels finally came off. So yeah, when Axon sort of grew up. Um, let's just do a quick little recap because I've no doubt we've got a few listeners right now and even those watching on YouTube that I just come across this for the first time. But we're now. Going into episode five, and there's so many nuggets of gold and uh, and bits of inspiration, and a little bit of blood on the floor, and then lots of apologies for me about how I almost had the business shut down many, many times. Did you hear an apology? Too? Due to my stupidity, <laughs> I was fucking said sorry. By the way, this is a P, this is a MA fifteen plus podcast. By the way, it is literally the only apology that I think Robbie has been able to give out. That's been caught on camera. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So episode one was just all about, uh, it was actually called the Tinder story, how Axon started because of Tinder. So it was like the very, very uh, sort of start of Tamara and I. And that was not Tinder for you and I. Correct. For, for the record, that's not us. Uh, but yeah, so go back and, you know, you'll see, I guess uh, one of the little catchphrases that uh, one of our clients said, if it wasn't for Tinder, imagine how many Defence Force personnel would not have been helped be able to sort of buy a property and create wealth for their life. So, yeah, that's an interesting little story in itself. Um, then we sort of moved into, Dan, you come and join the business about six months afterwards. And uh, and certainly there was a, a catastrophic event and a catastrophic injury that I suffered pretty much simultaneously uh, around that time. So that was uh, and that's an interesting little dare, uh, topic dare I as say well. a life-changing injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, then the next one was all about uh, I sacked my wife from the business, so that had some ramifications. <laughs> so uh, especially for you ladies at um, and then begged me back. That's that's true. <laughs> back into the business, by the way. So we didn't lose the business or or, or the wife or the or the relationship, which is uh, very critical. And then the last episode we was all about why we stopped marketing to ninety nine percent of Australia. Where we basically went right. Let's get crystal clear on who is the perfect avatar, who are the main people we want to speak to, and basically, yeah, we uh, you know you're going to learn more about um, how that we went into narrow and deep on that topic, which is really cool. Yeah, there you go, yeah, episode five. It's it's been a good little trip down memory lane, I think. Hey, Tam. Yeah, it has. And we also touched on the last episode just about um, we had just kind of started with some own of, of our own uh, coaching and mentoring, and just how important that it is for us. Um, 
as business owners because we when we started we did not know anything about business like well we that's a lie we knew a little bit but you don't know what you don't know and that's kind of the same with our clients as well they they can do as much research as they can and jump on realestate.com or whatever it is but they don't know what they don't know yeah so it's a, that that's an element of business coaching is absolutely fundamental so even if um you know, to sort of reflect them on myself when I got out of the military in 2013. I sort of got out as a fifth year special forces major. I was basically running the you know the whole counterterrorism and and collective training campaign for Australia special forces to react to a catastrophic event. So uh, you know, it was a pretty high flying uh, position down in, down in Canberra. And then I went and joined the other businesses. Like I'm ringing up people. Hey, do you know the address for the seminar? Have you got any dietary requirements? I'm moving bloody chairs around the place, putting little you know pamphlets on the on the desk. I'm like, well, lucky I started my time as a digger, and on the, that uh, element of humility sort of came my way very quickly. But even when I went up to the ranks and got to like you know uh, sales consultant, sales manager, and then eventually general manager, that's when I really started to get some exposure about how a private business gets run. As Tammy said, and the reason why I went off on that little rant there to give you some context, you don't really know how a business is run until you've got your own balls on the line and you've got your own sort of KPIs to meet and your own money is being injected into making it all work. Absolutely, because remember, even in the beginning, you're like, I'll just do an ad on Facebook and people will show up to my webinar and... Starting from scratch, we I mean, we were getting, what, six, seven people turn up. Like. You're, you're, you're being very generous there. There was not six or seven. There was probably three. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? Inflated figures, 100% on top. Nothing, nothing well, a couple that. of them were, were like friends and family and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole thing about coaching was, uh, was um, very, very critical. So we touched on it a little bit last time about how we found our perfect avatar. So uh, Tamara and I decided to join uh, the Entourage Group down in Sydney, run by a really good friend of ours now, Jack Delosa. Shout out to you again, buddy. Uh, thanks for everything so far. So I guess, you know, um, Dan, you and I have been coaching clients now for many years and um, the importance of not just doing your own research and actually getting educated and coached and guided and mentored and just have that peace of mind. Like literally this morning, you were telling us about a story last night when you spoke to a lovely couple that went, got all this stuff going on, we've got to be pregnant soon, we're going to get posted, we've got to this, you know, the property stuff. You know, what would you say to them? You said, why don't I just take all that off your hands? You just, you go keep doing you and me as your property coach and an expert team, we're just going to go and take care of all that stuff for you. Just the reactions form it phenomenal. Oh, yeah, it? and it's just... You're taking a load off people's shoulders to let them know that, you know, someone's got your back, someone's going to guide you through this and show you the pathway, not need you to go and do all the research on the background, then try and figure out the right way to go and then be second-guessing yourself the entire way through the journey. It's, it's an absolute game-changer from that perspective. So one of the books, and we spoke uh, in the previous episode about um, how it is that Tamara and I could get to work with each other called uh, Rocket Fuel. Uh, the integrator and the visionary, but there's another book by Gino Wickman called Traction. So for all those sort of entrepreneur types out there, you know, if, I guess one of the one of the topics that we do want to continue to cover off on Axon Unleashed is if you're a defence member thinking about getting out, you want to start your own business and become a veteran on- entrepreneur. There's so much about business sales, marketing, positioning, people, finance, HR, all that stuff. So we come across this book called Traction. And, you know, doing a whole lot of stuff is like being just spinning wheels in the mud, but actually knowing what you're doing and having like Mm -hmm. the right person in the right seat and having business and systems and planning models in place really does start to sort of not just spin your wheels, but give you you that traction. So that was a really, uh, really important part of how we how we grew up. Um, And then there's this one element to it called the, the VTO or the vision traction 
organizer. Absolutely. The, so, the yeah. planning side of things is so important for any part of your life. Like if, if you don't plan, then where do you where where are you going? You know, you're setting those goals, setting those targets. Uh, and that's been a key element to how we've grown so fast. Yeah. And Tammy, you kind of RT, you just mentioned it and then Tammy, you sort of followed on. It's about growing up, I suppose. And for me, when I think about Axon, there was four real key events that saw Axon sort of grow up, and I think we should explore these today. Go for it. First one was probably the implementation of that planning cycle that you started to allude to there, so I want to deep dive into that. Mm-hmm. The new operating premises, that was a very big day in the life mm. of Axon. Mm. The business then running independently of you guys, so with the business owners and founders removed from the organisation, how did the business continue to operate there? And then the last thing I think from our real growing up stage was a really, really memorable end of year trip or or planning trip, uh, depends on who you speak to about what the purposes of that journey was actually on. So there was those really big four events. And I suppose from mm. that perspective, that sort of happened over maybe around about a 12-month period where things really started to get a bit crazy and the training wheels started to come off, right? Definitely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I felt like we were sort of going, going through – adolescence and puberty and finishing high school and putting ourselves through university all at the same time. Yeah. So that's what happened in a 12-month period. Bloody rapid yeah. fire, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, like, um, you did the immer- you started the immersive training then with the team from uh, the Entourage and mm. obviously started to implement some of the tools from the Vision Traction Organiser or the well, VTO. back then, we weren't even doing any sort of team meetings. We weren't really all on the same page. We hadn't – we had kind of set some goals. We had kind of set some – some bigger targets, but we hadn't broken them down. So um, that was that's a big thing that we do now is is break down those like we spend time together planning out our year, and then we break it down into quarterlies, break it down into weeks. Like this is all the stuff that's so important to, to growing. I just thought of something actually, and this is again, um, it's almost like I oh, need to apologise again. <laughs> I remember, Dan, I was uh, at one of our master plan communities coming up past the hospital there on the right-hand side, and I was having a chat to you on the phone. You said, look, mate, so where do you, where do you see this business in like five or ten years' time? I'm like, oh, I don't really know, actually. And you're like, well, you better fucking find out because there's now me and another couple of people that have now gotten out of a very successful career in the military and you better have some plans under your belt. Like you, there better be a vision. There better be some targets and some um, impact that we we'll want to be able to make in sort of sort of def- defense community. So do you remember that you, were, yes, you were sitting there with a little smirk on your face, like you did. You like, like I, not I was, really, but it sounds like you, me. I was, you kicked exactly my ass right, in the gear. I was like, that certainly sounds like something I would have said. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you better have, you better have a bit of a vision. So, you know, and I sort of reached out to our crew at the Entourage, uh, Pete Lakovich. I remember having a chat to you. I said, look, you know. But I know that what I write now is going to change in a couple of years' time anyway, so it's not going to be accurate, so why would I bother? And he's like, no, 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 you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. Just get it out of your head and brainstorm and just come up with all the, like, you know, be very divergent with your thinking. Have everything on the table and just let it mature in its own sort of way. So certainly, um, you know, again, as the business owner, as the guy that was responsible to, to create that vision and lead the team, I was going, I was going through my, my, own, my own growing up and it wasn't just, you and I, Tam, with a business and then maybe a couple of mates come and join us, it was starting to evolve and starting to include other people and we needed to give them that surety and that um, sense of purpose that we weren't just here Mm. having a crack on a bit of a side hustle. This is now our life. And even though the VTO is a lot about planning, we also uh, went into a lot more detail with our values. So we had never really had... 
you know, well, Robbie and I had kind of had our own values that we'd kind of done for everyone and we'd told everyone these are the values of the business. Um, and it was kind of around then that we realised we have to get everyone else involved in this. We have to get everyone's input. Um, so, yeah, I, rem- I remember, do you remember, I printed out um, a big list of all these so you went Com- to Apple, you went to Google, you went to Tesla, you went to Microsoft, yeah. like all these. The com- I think it was 200 companies' values or something like that and I printed them all off and then we kind of read them out. We got a short list of maybe 20, 25 and then I wrote them all up on the board, on a whiteboard and everyone voted for it. <laughs> so who was there at the moment? So there was myself, Tamara, Dan, Simo was with us. Sharon was with us still then. At that then. point in time, yep. And who else was there? Was Jane started with us when we were doing no, that? No, Renee. Thing? Oh, Renee was there. Okay, yeah, the wonderful Renee. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. So there was like a there was a there was a good little group of people with some with yeah. or everyone with some their own ideas. It wasn't yeah. just the three of us just looking yeah. at the bloody whiteboard, going, "How can we make this yeah. work?" And it was really important, I think, to have those values outlined because you can do whatever you want from an operations perspective on top of those values, but we as individuals, as an organisation, we need to remain true to those values that are the things that drive us on the background as well. So getting everyone's buy-in on those values, and it's probably one of the sentiments that we've brought forward from now, we still talk about our values every single week and everyone Mm. recognises what value they live by. Mm. Having those values at the forefront of our mind has probably changed and driven the organisation in a the way culture. that most people haven't really been able to feel. And look, to be fair, it, it's allowed us to also let a, let a couple of people go that weren't the right fit. Mm. You know, I'm sort of stepping ahead a little bit, but because, and I guess, ladies and gents, I'm demonstrating to you now the respect that we give to our values is that if someone's not living our values 100% of the time, it's nothing personal. It's You're just not the right fit, you know, and then you're not having a personal attack on someone when you're providing them feedback. Go, this is the value, these are the standards, this is what we've all agreed upon to be um, you know, the, the position that we want to be in, if you're not meeting those and if you're not taking the feedback and then continuing to improve, we're not the right fit for you. Go fucking work somewhere else. And that has always been the hardest part, for, especially for me. I hate that side of the business, but I, I get it because I also know that if it gets to that point, we've given them every bloody chance like to, to align with our values, to bring themselves up to speed, to to get on track with what we're doing. And if you're not a high-performance player in our team, you kind of fall away, like you kind of deselect yourself. And what we, when we're talking about those values, I have to say everyone that knew that comes into the business, one of the first things they say to me is, I've never experienced a company that lives and breathes their values like you do. Like there's, there's a few of the team that have worked for big companies before and they've got the values written up on the board or on the walls in fancy writing on, you know, canvases and whatever. But that's, they, they learn about them in induction and they never hear about them again. Yeah, there's a different thing between writing something on a piece of paper and then exemplifying it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the key things that you've been really successful in doing is making sure that the team that comes into inside Axon's Wire exemplifies every single one of those values as well. Yeah. So one of the little rituals we do, ladies and gents, to give you a little insight is that every um, every Friday, so every, every Monday we get together and go, look, this is what I've got on for the week. These are the roadblocks. This is, you know, management team. This is what I might need your assistance with, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess we do that to make sure that the different departments of the business are not just working in those very dreaded stovepipes. Remember, like everyone, I remember when I went down to, down to um, Special Ops headquarters in Canberra, they were, um, 
there was just a massive open plan. Sure, there was some little skiffs off to the side where some other stuff went and got spoken about, but everyone was just in a massive open plan, and that was to combat, you know, the four cell not talking to the seven cell, not talking to the two cell, not talking to the one cell, etc. So it was really good. So to get that on the way, you're smirking. I'm just giggling because if you're a civilian out there listening right now, you're like four, seven, five. I have no three. idea what you're talking Sorry. about. <laughs> so and Tammy had like this slightly glazed look over her face. So that's how I knew that the civilian sector did busted. Not know anyway, busted. again, so all all the different compartments. So um, we we. You need to sort of need to um, the department head stands up at the start of each week and goes, "Look, this is what we got going on." So then there's awareness of what's happening. But at the back end of the week, sure, we cover off on those things done, not done, in progress. But then each person also needs to stand up and go, "This was the value that I felt like I embodied this week, and here's an example why." And oh, by the way, here's my shout out that I've got to another team member of you know outside of my sort of direct reporting chain. So I guess you know it's um, it's been a it seems like it's it's, it's uh, received really, really well. So it really certainly is. like a little and ritual. Having someone give you a shout out that for, for some things that you don't even realise that you've potentially impacted someone with, like that's such a good – and it makes you feel good. It's a really great way to end the week. You know, and it might seem a little bit wanky. And I remember when we sort of first, sort of first started doing this, like, oh, I've come from a – fucking military background where we don't do any of this shit. You just fucking do what you get told. You do what you're told and don't call your boss a prick because you'll go to jail. Don't come, don't come to work with a smoke hanging out of your joint because you'll... No, sorry, with a joint hanging out, hanging out of your mouth because then you won't be working there very long. But, you know, in, in the real world where there's no rank and there's no threat of jail and or getting sacked... Um, from that sort of perspective, you need to adopt different leadership styles. So I, I definitely want to have we in the future. We'll definitely have some other, um, some other you know really awesome veteran leaders come and join us here in this in the studio, and uh, you know talk about the real leadership where you don't have any rank on your shoulder or your chest. Dan hasn't so. called you a prick that many times recently. Not to his face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> boom boom. You don't you don't need to worry about what I talk about with Anne at home. Um, so yeah, there you I go. I love you, dear. If you're listening, by the way, <laughs> let's um, let's keep moving. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what I was going to say. One of the when you think about your leadership style of in the military, you very much need to be present and making sure you're on the spot while people are actually going through this. One of the things that you've had to realise now as business owners is you can't be there all the time. You can't be on the spot. And probably one of the earlier points in time that you recognised that was when you you guys were heading away to Hawaii for like a week. Just mm-hmm. the two of us? Yep. Just mm-hmm. the two of you. This was March 2019. And you're like, okay, but it's all right because when I go over to Hawaii, I'm still going to have phone connection. I'm going to be able to do all the stuff that I need to do. And, and Robbie had not had a holiday since we started. That was like not even really a weekend off, not like working pretty much every night. For yeah. Working the from the hospital bed, as we uh, discussed we, in a previous. And yeah. I remember your calendar. It was like we literally put times in the calendar. Mm-hmm. It's like these are meeting times while Robbie's in Hawaii that aligns with what we're doing back here in Australia. So we're like we're still scheduling stuff to happen while yeah. you're away. Like yeah. 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Yes, yeah, so I was on course <laughs> for, the f- for the first couple of days. Then uh, Tammy booked this awesome little um, turtle watching event. And then they, they just started serving Long Island iced teas on this boat at like 10am. I'm like, this is fucking gold. So we're out there on a big buddy catamaran, maybe a kilometre off the beach, uh, straight off of Wa- Waikiki there, just looking back over over all the stuff there. And um, actually, you, you, you tell the story, Tammy, because there, there was this. one event which dovetails exactly into, Dan, what you just mentioned then. And I want to just... There's all these little tiny little one percenters that people have fucking no idea how there was a groundbreaking step that we took based on 
something <laughs> and it, it always well, turns it, out I think Tammy it, needs to tell it, the story because you were full of Long Island iced tea yeah it was so. great oh, well yeah. I, watch, I watched him take some photos some selfies yep and then he puts his phone down on a towel right next to him we're sitting at the front of this boat and it's a beautiful boat we're cruising back to Waikiki we're going pretty fast um, deep wide ocean and yeah then I watch him put the, his phone down on his towel and within 20 seconds, picks up said towel and shakes it on the, like, shakes it out. His phone just goes flying across the front of the boat. And we basically watched it in slow motion slide and drop straight off the edge of the boat. Your, your single point of communication with the remainder of your team, basically. Yeah, so we, yeah, Tam and I just did like a little horizontal thing and then boom, dropped off the cliff, phone, gone. Yeah. Whilst underway. Gone forever. <laughs> that's that's not coming back. No. Oh, no. It was, yeah, fast boat heading back to Waikiki was not going back. The, literally the very first thought, I'm like, oh, how the fuck am I going to do my meetings back with the team? Anyway, so Tam had a phone. So we then I think she rang you on the phone and going, I'll oh, put a little message in the Skype chat. Robbie's lost his phone, everybody, so he will no longer be on any calls whilst we're away. And I f- thought straight away, I'm like, we're supposed to talk to this client about this and present this property here and this and that. Like, you know, Carl, Carl up in Townsville, we spoke about yesterday. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to be able to do that? Like, I'm going to be able to let the clients down. I'm going to have to postpone everything. And then I think, you know, Tam, you sort of tapped me on the shoulder. You went, the boys are back there. They've got it covered. They've got You've this. trained them. They, you, they know what to do. You don't, maybe you don't need to be there. And I wasn't freaking out for the record. I was like, it just, but it did feel a little bit uncomfortable. I'm like, but. No one's ever, no one's ever presented it like this will be the first time someone's shown a property to a client and I haven't been there, and it just felt a bit uncomfortable. And then, you know, I just fucking kept drinking for the afternoon, and forgot about it. Woke up the next morning, and boom, there's an expression of interest notification email in my stuff. I'm like, and the Shit boys are like, done. They're like, hey, guess what, man? We spoke to Carl. He didn't care that you weren't there, and we had a great conversation. And boom, he's going to go and buy a property. And it was like literally a fucking mic drop moment. I'm like, I just had a realization that I don't actually need to be there on every really important call for a client and the guys and girls that I've trained up in the business to do their shit, they can do it whilst I'm not there. And I remember sort of speaking to you guys about this probably a few months afterwards and you'd been so proud from my recollection that you actually went back to the remainder of the people you were over there doing your business planning with and you're like, our business is running by itself. Mm. It was was like, it was a big light bulb moment for you where you were super proud to go back and speak to all those other entrepreneurs and what was, what was their reaction when they heard that your oh. business is operating by itself back home? That's a, that, that is ultimately the dream for all business owners is that they can get off the day-to-day tools, that, that technician level, and, and really rise up and become the leader that you need to be. Because while you're spending time in the business, you're not really spending time on the business, like creating the strategy, creating all the the high-level goals, the future planning, all of that kind of stuff that you need to do as a leader. Yeah. But you're not doing that if you're sitting there doing really basic admin tasks. Yeah. So then they ask you, like, how did that happen? I'm like, I lost my phone. I got forced into it. And you know what? They performed the job admirably and I didn't I, – yeah, it was a really – was a. they were like – they were jealous. They were they were very interested in the, in the story, but they were like, how did you get to that point? I'm like, it just fucking happened and now it's like – you know, it's like a, the pearl gates just opened up and went, oh. Yeah. So one of the other things that obviously you need to do as leaders as well is to get a break. And now, miraculously, because you threw your phone in the water and Tammy just said, let the boys do their job, 
you now had a few days holiday mm-hmm. remaining in Hawaii where you got yep. to sit down and focus and actually rest and refresh. And yeah, it was good. then that Robbie said, I think we should bring the team here. Yeah, that's right. So we were having such a, such a beautiful time over there. Um, Obviously too many Long Islands. <laughs> So it, it Long like Island or Mai Tais, I don't know what he was on at that point but in time. But here's the thing, like that's it's a it's another it's another event which then caused us to then think a different way. We're like, we're having such a good time over here getting away and like, you know, relaxing and exploring and thinking about other other things where we're not just in the grind. We're, we're not, you know, we're able to get a bit of traction on what the sort of the next future event might be. So yeah, we uh, we decided like let's go back and yeah. um, break that news. So the rest of your trip ended up being a bit of a reconnaissance mission mm-hmm. where you started to check out every single bar in Waikiki <laughs> and every single restaurant that you needed to be able to go back and visit, obviously. Um, and then you came back to Australia. And how we all know that Robbie is absolutely horrendous at oh keeping secrets. God. So how did you keep this a secret from the rest of the team? Oh, he didn't really. He's like, I've got, an, I've got news, I've got well, news. Hang on, so we, 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 about a week later. So we, you, you managed one week? We had a, yeah, one okay. week, yeah. one week. And I was so <laughs> excited. Like, we were like, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to bring him over here and we're going to do all this planning and et cetera, et cetera. So, so I had planned because I bought everyone these little dancing um, Hawaii girls to sit on their desks and they like dance around. Little, little hula girls. Little hula girls. And I was going to make it a big like thing and a, a, like really – I don't know, put it all out there, plan it, do a nice invite for everyone. And we were having a few drinks uh, at the Women in Property luncheon, spons- uh, charity luncheon, yep. which was sponsored by Verve. Yeah. So so that was... That was and Velvety. Yeah, so that was oh, yeah. for International Women's Day, that one. That was. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So here we are, it was like, like it was in the, I don't know, big flash hotel in Brisbane. There's a flash one, eh? And uh, there's like, I don't know, 600 people there and maybe 50 blokes. So for the first time in my life, I felt like it. <laughs> Do not say it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just, I was like, fuck it. We've got everyone here. We're, the drinks are flowing. I was like, Tammy, Tammy, let's stand up and let's announce it right now. So, so yeah, he lasted a week. And I, I had no, nothing like prepared. But anyway, we did tell the team and, yeah, there was there lots were tears. of squeals. Yep, there squeals and tears. Mm. And, and I remember at that point in time, one of the real concerns was Jane was pregnant with a bub mm. at the, that point in time. So everyone was like, how's Jane going to be able to come? Have well, we got- Jane straight away rang her mum and her mum said, you are going, whether I'm going with you and to mind the baby – but because the baby was going to be born, what a couple of months before? It was a few months Maybe beforehand. Three yeah. months before. Max. Yeah. 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 I'm not very good with time. <laughs> yeah. No. And you, I, yeah, yeah, she. That was our biggest concern at the time. Was like, are you going to be able to make it? We we're going in December, so. Because because she's part of the Axon family. Like the whole family needs to be there for yeah. this to be such a memorable event, and no one could even think about the idea of. Jane not being able to come along mm-hmm. with us on this adventure. So it was it was super exciting from that perspective as well. Yeah. I, rem- <laughs> I remember when uh, she did go on mat leave. Uh, I'm sure there's a few people that remember this, but I got a life-size cutout. We'll have to get the, the marketing team to import a photo here. Um, but, yeah, we got a life-size cutout of Jane. Uh, her, her photo um, was propped Behind her desk there. Oh, and so she, she wasn't going to be missing from the team. Oh, it was hilarious. Do you remember? Oh, everyone, I certainly do. Everyone was hiding that uh, life-size pop-out in pop... What do you call it? Life-size cutout? Yeah, cardboard cutout, yeah. In uh, the most 
random places in the office. Often um, often inappropriate places as well for a young lady to be hanging oh out. Oh, my God. The men's toilet was a frequent uh, area for the Jane cutout and uh, there was a few squeals from yeah. a few oh, of the boys. Oh, it was like you walk <laughs> in the door and you see a young excuse me, you're not meant to be in here, ma'am. But it was so lifelike and the image was like so crystal clear and it was literally yeah. the right height. It was hilarious. It was we, we often have a few... I don't know, funny things in the office like yeah. that, just banter. Yeah, because at this point in time, remember, we're still operating out of a residential property. So it wasn't, yeah. ladies and gents, it wasn't a full life-size cutout of Jane in like a publicly accessible male toilet for you. No, uh, yeah. for that. it was just it was a, a, it was a house. It was yeah. a house. Which, yeah. which was rapidly on the way out, I suppose. That's kind of the next yeah. gear event. We were sort of... We'd outgrown this residential property and we I know that you guys have been looking around for quite a while to actually go ahead and find us where does the axe on like oh, it took what? months for us to yep. find a new property. It took like we would go and there would be the shittiest places, the shittiest we had been so lucky to be in that beautiful house for so long and then yeah, we'd started looking at commercial spaces and there was factories and oh Yeah, it was yeah, so we're, we're trying to, um, you know, Dan with yourself and then Jane who's got to, you know, transit the best part of an hour at minimum to sort of come to the office. We were trying to accommodate by being somewhere on the northern part of the Gold Coast to sort of alleviate some of that travel time. And a really good mate of mine, Brett Campbell, actually, I uh, said, look, you know, we're looking around Oxenford and Cooma and all these regions. He's like, Helen's I was like, why the fuck are you looking for an office up there? I'm like, well, we got people in Brisbane and they're driving down. He goes, mate, mate, mate. I don't give a fuck about how far people want to drive. If people want to work with your business, they're going to fucking drive an extra 10 minutes. Start looking somewhere back down around the Gold Coast a little bit more. So I guess he forced us to broaden our, our you know, um, zone of, of observation. Um, um, we and found then, our little Southport place. Then, hey, presto, yeah. So uh, we're now situated on level eight. Uh, right across the road from the Aquatic Centre um, on Marine Parade there in Southport. Looking out to the Broadwater. Yeah, looking out to, across to uh, Mar- Marina Mirage. So there's jet boats, there's helicopters, there's jet skis, there's bloody, yeah, swimmers and all that stuff across it's the way there. So it's it really, really active. good. Yeah, yeah, and Tammy had to let her internal designer come out from that perspective as well. Because it was just a shell, was it? Yeah, a shell with some very big pillars that I had to work with. Um, but we literally had no floor, no walls no offices no kitchenette so it had to be fully decked out but um yeah we, it's beautiful now we love it yeah i remember the first time i came into the office we opened the doors and i think robbie you were there like maybe one step behind me and i like looked out to the slight right and i saw the marina over at southport and i was just like i don't care what you say that's, that's my, my office <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. You actually, you got at your payback when it was moving time with that because remember back in a couple of episodes we, we discussed that, uh, you know, I'd promised you that the office would be all set up for when you started and then uh, due to a few things with Robbie, then that was not the case and you essentially had to help me set up the office from scratch. So... You kind of got your payback uh, when we moved into this office. Well, there's another like really, really important event going on. Yeah, well, I pretty much planned all that other event around when you guys were moving. <laughs> no, not yeah. really. You were getting married. That's what it was. Yeah, so, um, yeah, one of the happiest days of my life, obviously, uh, joining Anne there. So we had a, had a great little ceremony. It just so happened that I still was on my honeymoon when you guys were moving into the new office. 
So it was August, August, August September 2019. Yeah, yeah. around about that. So yeah. the back end of August, so yeah. 31st of August for mm-hmm. our wedding. And yeah. then, um, I think then it was like the 1st or the 2nd of September that you yeah. guys ended up moving into that office. And we're like flat pack boxes arriving from Ikea left, right and centre and everyone was like, we did no client-facing work for like three days minimum. We are literally just setting up the whole office. Yeah. You're away on your honeymoon. You walked in and I'm like, oh, like you're like, oh, look like, at all that. There's my like, desk. Oh, Big, excellent. There's plug my in, desk. Plug in, plug in, bang. I'm yeah. ready. What are yeah. you guys doing? Yeah, I was like, I'm glad that you managed to get the desk in exactly the right spot that I would like it. Thank you very much. That was good, mate. You deserve it too. I'm glad I'm glad that happened. And yeah. We, yeah, it's beautiful spot. I, we were looking recently because we've, we're having to get some more space and uh, Robbie said, we're not leaving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not leaving that place for many, many, many years. Removals suck. Everyone who's been in the military knows that you just removals suck. I just don't want to let that view go. No. Everyone who walked in there, they're like, holy fuck, have a look at this job. We had to it's change like the uh, direction of where clients sit because they sit there and they look out the window instead of focusing on the coaching session. <laughs> and they're like, oi, over here. So it's <laughs> September, October 2019. We're all f- pretty much fully moved in now. And, yeah, we're, we're, we're shooting our Facebook live from up there. We've got a little makeshift studio sorted out, so doing all our content stuff. So, yeah, if you, if you want to sort of scroll back through our social media pages and go to late 2019, you'll see a shit ton of images and videos of us establishing the new property etc but there was one last thing that needed to happen in 2019 which sort of rounded it all off about how we really kicked off those training wheels Dan do you want to sort of get us going on that please yeah I suppose um we've already alluded to it we had to go to Hawaii we had Had to to. we the whole team (laughs) had to down tools and take ourselves over to Hawaii and it wasn't just a party for those of you who are thinking this is a bit of a booze trip for the team I had, I had people doing something every day, day and night. There was planned activities for everyone to keep everyone on track. Yeah, yeah it was absolutely. a combination of personal development. There was some education. Mm-hmm. There was some planning. There yeah. was some team building activities. Yeah. yeah, and up front, I think the like the major thing that we did as soon as we got there to set the tempo was we sat down and we did a full day of planning, like... From well, actually, that was the, the second day because the there first day I got everyone out onto that uh, turtle watching tour that we Robbie had lost his phone on. Zero dark hundred. Yeah, so when you're arriving on a flight at five a.m., I was like, right, to avoid the the jet lag that's going to come on, so I'm going to get everyone out into the sunshine, out into some fresh air. Uh, there was a few hangovers from the flight over. I was going to say, a couple of hours in, the, in the Corners Club in Sydney beforehand. What happens on tour stays on tour. Let's going, not go into Well, we hadn't, even, we hadn't even arrived at that point. That's exactly <laughs> right. So we ended up and we went ahead and we had the, the initial, I suppose, full day of planning with the entire yeah. team there. So for me, like, I think that planning session is when everyone started to really think a bit more deeply about where the organisation was going. We really started to get more than three or four minds thinking on the future, but the whole team thinking about where Axon was going It just future. created a bit more buy-in as well with the team. Like they really started to feel connected because they had that bigger purpose with, with the connection. They had their own responsibilities. Their own goals were broken up. We, we had like gone into each layer of the business, each department, broken down that into their own goals, where they'd been, what they're wanting to achieve – how well we've done before, how, what, we're, what we're going to do, break it right down. Um, we're listening to a lot of client feedback as well just to say, okay, you know, here's some improves and mm. when we went to this part of the process, if you had done this better, it would have made it easier. We're like, okay, let's, let's fucking I do have that to then. say that is something that we can have continued to do really well is whenever there is some client feedback or some sort of improvement, then 
let's get, how how fast do we implement that? Yeah, don't get me wrong. <laughs> we're not like knee jerking left, right, and center, and sort of zigzagging along the way. We're not we're not jumping at shadows. But certainly, mm. if there is any sort of a trend going along, or if someone does provide us a a no brainer, quick fix, then bang, mm. it's it's implemented. I guess one of the things I I love about we can, we've got a very uh, quick learning loop and we can implement shit straight away. We don't need to get approval. We don't need to, don't need to write to the fucking CDF. We don't need to do a fucking CO's brief. Someone's like, well, maybe we should do that. I'm like, yep, that's a good idea. Make it so. So it, it yeah. certainly happens a bit That quicker. is kind of another, and I'll go into this in future episodes, but one of the really key things that I love about hiring veterans is their implementation and their ability to adapt to things like that. It's Absolutely amazing. Yeah, love it. One of um, one of the things that really stood out to me in that planning session was I, I think it was the first time that we wrote down our goals of how many people we were going to help that I actually created a number that was higher than Robbie and Tamara. Mm. Yes. And you guys sat there and you're like, how does that work? And I was like, well, we need to do this, to do this, to do this. And I basically ratcheted out the numbers. And, like, we did meet the goals, but to be able to do that, there was a few micro steps that needed to happen Mm. in between because we needed to be able to do things at a far larger scale from that perspective. Yeah, we were. Well, I guess, um, you know, your master's in project management certainly helped um, in that sense because, you know, sort of think about 2018, really, for the first trading year of the business, we helped about 30 clients. Um, 2019, which is we're at the end of 2019 when we were doing this sort of session here, uh, we'd hoped that we, uh, from a success package perspective, we helped about 80 clients, um, sort of 67 expressions of interest. And then we started talking about 130, 140. And I'm like, we've all just worked our ass off mm-hmm. during 2019 to get to like, you know, 70, 80. And you want to fucking go to 130, 140. I'm like, there's no way we're going to be able to do that. But you know what? It was, um, again, it was, it was, uh, Let's aim for the stars, and even if we hit the lamp post on the way past, we're bit, you know we're still off the off the ground. I don't so think that's quite the quote. The quote you're, you're it is. It's my <laughs> fucking quote. I just made it up. Well, and I mean, given those lofty aspirations we were shoot, sort of shooting for, it was kind of fortuitous then that Jetstar decided to have some strikes, and we got stuck in oh. Hawaii for another two days. It was terrible. You just had to stay in Hawaii right for another. Harder work key, yes. For an extra what forty eight hours or something until we could get another flight home. So that was unfortunate. (laughs) And then then we got home, though, and, like, things started happening in earnest to be able to develop us to – or to be able to put steps in place so that the next year was going to be tremendous. Well, we had a lot of growth to to come. We had – that was the kind of the key point that we had identified, okay, we need more team members here. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, I want to – like, when we started talking about numbers, I want to fast forward because here we are now in the early parts of 2021 – and in in 2020, we ended up helping 142 clients. So I was shitting myself about 130 uh, coming from 60, 70, and we ended up helping 142. So it was a massive year. But there's only one way that happened, exactly as you just said then, Tam. We, got to, we needed to recruit, re- recruit some more people. So mm. I guess we sort of wrap up this episode because um, even though what are we now five episodes in and it's been the Robbie, Dan and Tammy show so far, you're about to be joined by the one and only Mr. Dane Roche, who's yeah. our next property coach is going to come and join us. Absolutely. And just looping back, I guess some of the lessons learned from this one is is all about planning. Like we would not be where we are if it wasn't for planning. So if there's any business owners that are starting out, you know, first of all, read those books, um, Gino Wickman. But yeah, you need to plan. You need to have goals, set those goals and and 
Yeah. yeah. But as, as kind of a team member as well, it's not just about the planning, but having the faith and the belief in the vision that's being portrayed mm. by, the, by the leadership team there as well. And as you brought up, RT, I was like, so where does this thing actually go? Because if you're like, I don't know, I'm just making it up as I go along, if you There's pass no that, then. if you pass that message on to your team, they're like, Oof. "So what? What about in three or four years' time from now? Where am I going to be? Do I have a job in three or four years' time?" That's exactly right. Mm. So yeah, yeah, the power to plan. And I mean, military people or people that used to be in the military are exceptional planners, mm-hmm. and the ability to transition that across into the civilian sector as well is a super powerful tool. Yeah, mm. we've come a bloody long way in that year, 2019. We really, really did sort of go through those levels of growing up. We well and truly shook off the, the, the training wheels. But, um, but I guess as we sort of transition now into the next episode, um, the next challenge came in now growing the business and having some more people come in. Mm. And, it, and it certainly included people that we didn't know before because I guess part of the reason that we'd had some success is that we had recruited extremely well. We'd recruited from inside the wire. We recruited known entities. When we stepped outside of that realm... It wasn't fucking easy and then going, you know, having the right people come in and perform those roles didn't always turn out well, but you're about to be introduced to an absolute superstar ain't going anywhere. Dane, see you on the next episode. Thanks, Cheers Tammy. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Bye. Hey, thanks for tuning into today's podcast. If you enjoyed listening, make sure you give us a five-star rating, hit subscribe, so you'll be first in line to get it in your inbox every week on a Tuesday. Whilst you're at it, open up your favourite social media app, be that Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube and connect with Axon Property Group. This is where you see us every day sharing the secrets of creating multi-million dollar property portfolios and performing to the highest levels of your life. You'll get exclusive behind the scenes access to what it really takes to build a life that you love. You'll also discover how to secure your financial future as an ADF member or veteran and I assure you your future self will love you for it. Thanks again for listening and 